Today's program has been brought to you by TechServe, New York's original and still the best Apple computer, iPod, and iPhone store and repair shop. For more information, visit TechServe.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit HeritageRadioNetwork.org for thousands more. Greetings, and welcome back to Animal Instinct here on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Celia Kutcher, also known as the Food Healer, and I've got Lorelai Tibbetts back in the studio today. We're going to talk about pet rodents. If you tuned in last week, you got to hear Lorelai and I talk all about birds, but today we're going to switch it up and go to a whole different species. Is that right? Sure, yeah. Okay, cool. Thank you. I've had a few rodents in my life, but Lorelai's the expert. She's the manager of the Center for Avian and Exotic Medicine in New York City. Lorelai has worked exclusively with exotic pets since 2004 and is the chair of her Veterinary Technician Specialty Academy, the Academy for Veterinary Technicians in Clinical Practice. There, Lorelai was a founding member of the Exotic Companion Animal Specialty. Lorelai is passionate about exotic pet education. She also lectures at veterinary symposiums and teaches students at her practice. So welcome back, Lorelai. Thanks for coming back to share all your knowledge about rodents. Thank you. It's great to be back. I'm excited you're here. It's been so long. I know, right? (laughs) A whole week. (laughs) So as you and I know, there's a lot to know about pet rodents, and there are many different kinds, so we definitely have a lot to share today. Yes. I think the first thing we should discuss quickly is there are a lot of animals that people assume are rodents that aren't. Mm-hmm. For example, rabbits, ferrets. What else is on that list? Well, there's there's probably a lot more than we even would know of, but a lot of people think rabbits are rodents, and mm-hmm. they're not. They're in the Lagomorph family. Mm-hmm. People think ferrets are. They're completely different. They're mustelids in the mink family. Mm-hmm. Um, sugar gliders, they're marsupials. They are certainly not rodents. Um, so, you know, it's a, it's kind of a taxonomic variety right. we have there but you know rodents really are as far as pet medicine goes um, we're talking about guinea pigs and rats and chinchillas and mice um, hamsters gerbils degus those are really the common things that we will see in clinical practice okay cool and i yeah. think that's you know just good to remember so if you're going out and getting a rabbit make sure that you realize that it's not a rodent you mm-hmm. know do a little homework before yeah. you get your pet there's some similarities in the care between mm-hmm. say a rabbit and a guinea pig but they're not the same um, so. I think the first question to ask you is, where's a good place to get a rodent? Well, there in, in New York City, there are a lot of the big chain stores. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a little bit of a hit or miss with those. Okay. I've seen plenty of healthy, beautiful rodents come from those stores, mm-hmm. and I've seen some that are you know, sick and have parasites and need a little veterinary help. Okay. Um, aside from that, I am not aware of any kind of boutique rodent shops mm-hmm. in the city. Uh, doesn't mean they don't exist. I just don't know about I them. I don't know of any. Either. Yeah. This could be a gold mine. I know. And <laughs> since I don't know about them, I kind of feel like I would if they existed. Yeah. Um, the majority of people who are looking for a specialty rodent, like one of the special breeds that have different color patterns mm-hmm. or, or characteristics, will find them online. Okay. There's a lot of online breeders upstate, um, out in the suburbs, and they're pretty accessible and willing to get the pets to people in the city who are looking for them. So that's the majority of the people who are looking for the special kind of, um, like I said, the breed variations. Now, do you know of any rodent rescues? There are a lot of different rodent rescues. The majority of them are, are rat rescues. Okay. Um, and I have a good list, and I'm happy to give my information out. People can contact me. We also do a lot of rodent rescue at the veterinary um, that I work for. Okay. Um, so I'm happy to put people in touch if they're looking for some rescue organizations. Most of them are rats. Um, 
unfortunately, there is not a whole lot of rescue organizations for hamsters and mm. gerbils and things. Mm. Um, or even guinea pigs. Um, there is a great rescue. I should give them a shout out yeah, in please. Brooklyn called Sean Casey Animal Rescue. Yep. Um, they do a lot of dog and cat, but they actually do also do exotic animals. And they, as hard as it is to do a good job with as many animals as they see, yeah. they really do the best they can. And I think it's probably one of the better options for people who are looking to adopt, mm-hmm. looking to donate, um, looking to volunteer. Yeah, it's a good place, and they Mm -hmm. they work hard. You know, they they started off really small. I think he started off as a guinea pig rabbit rescue. If I might be mistaken, I think no, I think you're right. I do, yeah. And now he's you know he does um, um, uh, adoption things all the time. You know, he's a good guy, and they really really try hard, Mm -hmm. which I love. Now, one of the things we were talking about prior to this show is the fact that there's, you will see legal rodents, but there are illegal rodents. So which are the rodents that are quote-unquote illegal in New York? Actually, there's not a lot of illegal rodents in New York City. Okay. The illegal, we at the veterinary practice do see a lot of pets that are, you know, you're not supposed to buy them or own them, such as ferrets, Mm -hmm. um, a lot of reptiles and things like that. But rodent-wise, you can legally buy a chinchilla um, and sell a chinchilla in New York City. Mice are are fair game. Rats are fair game. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, some of the more, like you wouldn't get a capybara in captivity, you know, sold in captivity. Um, You certainly can find them online. They they should not be pets Mm -hmm. and absolutely not in the city, but you can unfortunately buy them online, but you can't, those would be illegal to have here in the city. Now, have you ever seen one at at your hospital? No, I haven't, but I do know other veterinary practitioners who see them um, not in the city, but in more suburban areas. People do have them as pets. Wow. I love them. I got turned on to them at the Palm Beach Zoo and there was a female. She was great. They were feeding them all one day and the gate was open and she just left. And oh. so she took off, and then she was cruising all around Palm Beach for, I don't even know, it was She was having weeks. a ball, right? She was having a blast. I went to the <laughs> airport to pick up my boyfriend at the time, and the Palm Beach airport's got like these, it's got a center island, and it's got grass, and it's got like these little areas that'll flood, you know? So I was going in after the rain, and it was completely flooded. And there she is. She's sitting in a puddle having the best time yeah. ever, you know? They love to swim. I always, you know, read a lot about their care and captive, especially in zoos and stuff, and they really need access to a swimming pool of so some fun. kind. I know. You wouldn't really think of a rodent Mm -hmm. wanting to swim, but they do. Well, the good news is for her, I wish I remembered her name, but anyway, she went back to the zoo, Mm -hmm. got let back in, stayed with her family, so everything was good. (laughs) She was safe. Yeah, she just needed a break. I don't blame her. We all need to get away sometimes. Seriously. (laughs) (laughs) So rodents, most people assume that they're really good for kids, but Mm -hmm. are they really? They are one of the few species that I actually do recommend for families. I never say for kids because I don't think any pet should be for a child. It should be for a family. It should be um, an adult should be supervising everything. Mm -hmm. I'm not a big fan of animals that are kept in children's bedrooms Mm -hmm. um, because children, um, they don't. They're not as observant as they need to be about the habits and, um, you know, normal things that they need to look for and signs of illness for rodents. But that being said, I do think that children, it's a good way for children to learn about animal care. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's it, some of these animals are tougher than you would think. True. You know, a little hamster, a little gerbil, or even the guinea pigs, you know, they can be handled by children pretty comfortably. Yeah. Um, and, and I do think they can make good pets for them. Okay, great. Yeah. Um. Hmm. My next question is basically about if they should live solo or with friends, but now we're getting into clustering. Yeah, I know a lot of these yeah. questions are going to have cluster answers. That's okay, we can so, work through it. <laughs> <laughs> who do you think should live alone? Who's not good with friends? Well, 
a lot of these animals live in social groups. So mm-hmm. guinea pigs do well in groups. Okay. That being said, you never want to force an animal to live with another one. You yeah. kind of have to be aware that they can fight. They can be territorial. Mm-hmm. Sometimes spaying and neutering them can help if mm-hmm. they're having issues. And we can talk about that if yeah. you want to later. Um, the smaller animals like mice and rats. Well, let's take mice. Okay. They can live well together in groups. Um, of course, if males and females are together, you're going to have a lot of yeah, baby mice. So I either recommend keeping things um, spayed and neutered mm-hmm. or... Uh, you know the sexes. So, can you spay a mouse? Of course, yeah. Do you guys spay and neuter mice? We do. That's we do. amazing. Yeah, that's very cool. Yep. Um, g- uh, gerbils do well in pairs. Mm-hmm. Um, Male, female, or same sex? Uh, again, same yeah. same deal. Okay. Same sex is great. Okay. Or spay neuter. Okay. Um, hamsters do not do well. I, I can't say that I've ever seen one happy couple of male ham, male and female, okay. male, male, female, female. They don't do well together. How funny. They're very aggressive. Um, but they're they, so few, cute and fuzzy. I don't, yeah, <laughs> I know. You think, you, I want to be with you. You're cute, too. It doesn't work that way. They don't, they, I, I wish I understood exactly what makes them be that way. But, I'm you know, they, they're together for mating purposes only. <laughs> and is in the wild, do they, are they loners or do they live in families or? Well, any of these animals that have, you know, family units, Mm -hmm. you have to remember that they're very large, you know, they have huge spaces and tunnels and organized group systems. Um, So if there is territorialism or aggression, they can get away. Right. But we put them in smallish cages. Even if you have a, if you have like an enormous cage, maybe you'd have success. Mm -hmm. But um, the the majority of people don't have that kind of space or time to to dedicate to that. So they just keep them solo. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, I think that's a really good point. I mean, if you've got, I don't know, let's say a guinea pig, how big, ideally, should the guinea pig's cage be? It kind of depends on how you're handling the guinea pig. Um, Guinea pigs are incredibly friendly. They love attention. They are not what I would call a caged pet in that they um, should be caged all the time. They Mm -hmm. love to come out. They love human company. They'll sit on your lap and Mm -hmm. watch a movie. They love to exercise around the living room and put them in a maze and play games. That's why I do think they're good with kids because kids can be entertained by them. Um, And and so that can be a really enjoyable thing for both the guinea pig and the family. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I think if you're going to get a, you know, they sell kind of typical guinea pig cages that are fairly small. They're usually like three feet by two feet. Yeah. And, you know, you can put, a, you know, different things in there. They like to hide. So you put a hiding hut in there, food, water dishes, things like that. Uh, and so that's okay for them while the kids are at school or, you know, for part of the day. But they really should come out and get exercise and playtime, socialization time, um, at least every day for a couple hours would be ideal. And look, can you, you can't, can you litter box train a guinea pig? Some some people say they like to go to the bathroom in the corners of the okay. cage, so they they make these little corner litter bands for them. <laughs> They're really cute, and they do the, they have them for the little guys too, like hamsters and gerbils. Um, I, you know, they do like to be tidy in, in their own space, so they will naturally usually go in one place. Mm-hmm. But if you expect them to be a hundred percent litter trained, yeah, that's yeah, not going to happen. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then like mice, gerbil, hamsters, how big should those cages be? Because the ones that they sell you are tiny. Yeah, they're really small. I mean. My favorite thing to say is what I said last week about birds. Yep. The biggest cage you can afford and that will fit in your home is great. I don't know that there should be a limit to that because you can go crazy and yeah, they can have true. an awesome huge setup with multiple levels mm-hmm. and different bedding and accessories and tunnels. I mean, they sell the most coolest hamster cages. Yeah, they you've do. Seen it, like, they've got tunnels and beds and 
bungalows and all kinds of great stuff. I love those. Yeah. So why not do that? You know, yeah. sure. Will they live in a small cage with, you know, that's like a 10 gallon tank? Mm-hmm. Sure. But there's so much better you can do and so much more fun they can have if you get them a bigger cage. I, be- I agree with you. And I think for exercise sake, I mean, when I was yeah. a kid, we, I had gerbils. And I had two, and it was in one of those um, unit cages. You know, yeah. you could add the tubes and the little rooms and all this. And, you know, one was bored out of its skull, and it would sit mm-hmm. and just scratch and scratch and scratch and scratch and scratch yeah. at the corner all day. Yeah, they want to get out. Yeah, I don't blame them. I know. You know I like, really don't. It's like a little jail. You know, they make those cute little balls. They can go in and run around the house in the little hamster balls, yeah. little wheels. They make those even for chinchillas, which you don't need. A chinchilla is big enough that they, they can walk around the house yeah. for, for some periods of time. I, don't, I wouldn't let one free roam probably because they're going to get into trouble chewing mm-hmm. something or get lost but um yeah, there's all they make all kinds of things for them to get exercise in other than in the cage and the wheels and stuff that they sell um let's see for what do you like for um for footing material or for their for their litter yeah i don't think guinea pigs need litter I'm, a lot of people use it yeah um but the one thing i would say is it's expensive the stuff that i recommend is i recommend um like recycled paper products they sell care fresh bedding care fresh is and, great yeah but it is expensive especially yeah. if you like the pretty colors <laughs> you know it's, <laughs> it's pricey and um so people buy them a lot and they're messy you track it all yeah. over the house it's yeah. dusty it's dirty so i don't for guinea pigs i always say get some old towels go to the dollar store and you know wash them just shake the poop out of them and wash them um they do like something soft to sit on Mm -hmm. um they sell all kinds of cute fleece cuddly things for guinea pigs you can get online i have seen some of the cutest things in the world where you get like little fleece beds and sofas for your guinea pig and they love it because they want to be on something soft so they actually go in it there's some great pictures um for the smaller rodents um again care fresh but and then they they do like to dig they like to bury themselves they make these elaborate houses like if you take a clump if you put a hamster in a in an empty cage Mm -hmm. and just put one clump or even like some ripped up paper towel they will spend an hour making making a nest out of it. It's the cutest thing. They arrange it. They set it up. So they do need some kind of safe bedding so that they can do that. And and again, any recycled paper products such as CareFresh bedding is a good one. What do you think of um, pine beddings? I, I don't like it. The, okay. hard, the hardwood shavings tend to have a lot of different chemicals and scents that can be um, just kind of an annoying to their mm-hmm. respiratory tract. And also they're sharp. Um, yeah, they Even are. things like cedar, which are one of the better, it's a harder wood, uh, they can be a little, uh, they sharp to their little faces and their little feet and things. Sorry, cedar isn't the one that's the better. Aspen is the, the best okay. of the wood ones. Cedar's like the worst. And pine is kind of in the middle. So, I mean, if it were me, I would stay away from all of those. I know that they smell better than the CareFresh because they, they yeah, put they sense sad. in it. But that smell, imagine if you lived with that 24 Oof. hours a day up close and personal and were buried in it. Yeah, I it might be irritating, it. you know? Absolutely. Well, I'm here talking with Lorelai Tibbetts. We're going to take a break for a moment, but we'll be back shortly and talk more about rodents. So stay tuned. You are listening to Seriously by Sleepies on the Heritage Radio Network.org.
special program was brought to you by TechServe, New York's premier authorized Apple reseller and service provider, serving creative professionals at all levels, from individual customers to Fortune 100 companies. TechServe has built a solid reputation in their expertise in technology, sales, and service. Visit them on the web at techserve.com or in New York City at 119 West 23rd Street. Learn more about their in-store classes and incredible insider program. Make stuff happen. TechServe. So we're back with Animal Instinct and Lorelei Tibbetts. We're talking rodents, and we're going to continue on the housing and that sort of thing. So um, we talked about bedding. We talked about cage needs. Let's talk about the food bowls. Mm-hmm. It depends on what you're feeding them. Um, guinea pigs and chinchillas, which are of the rodents we've been talking about, they're mm-hmm. the herbivores. They need a ton of hay. Okay. One thing I would mention is they sell these little hay bales that are meant to keep it tidy and they clip on the side of the cage. Yeah, yeah. I'm not a fan of those because really 85, 90% of their diet should be hay. Okay. Some kind of a grass hay. And I'm a, I am prefer to use the hay almost as a bedding. Put a huge clump mm-hmm. in it. They can't get enough of it. The more it's on the bottom where they can step in it and play with it and handle it, the more likely they are to consume it. Yeah. Um, if it's up clipped on a wall all neat and tidy, you know, I'm sure maybe they'll pull a few strands out, but not as much as they need. Definitely. Definitely. And they can be hard to get out, too. Yeah. Yeah. It's a pain in the butt. Yeah. So uh, food dishes, they, sh- they can have. They make all different kinds of cute ceramic dishes, things that they can't gnaw on. Remember, rodents like to gnaw on yeah. things. So a traditional plastic cup may not work for them <laughs> and you know water dishes most people think of rodents and they use those little the little water dripper bottles yeah. um, which are fine for hamsters and gerbils I do all think that for guinea pigs and chinchillas because of the importance of them um, being well hydrated mm-hmm. for their gut again because they're herbivores uh, to also offer them some kind of a dish to drink from I like to say to people well you know in the wild they don't go you know l- looking around the forest or where yeah, they live exactly. and see a sipper bottle drip hanging from a tree they go find a pond yeah. or they go find a, a drink watering hole. Totally. Um, so you want to s- kind of sim- simulate that as best as you can with a dish. Um, it will stimulate them to drink more. What do you think about wheatgrass for rodents? I think it's good. Okay. I, you know, there's certain green leafy vegetables are great for them. It's a good source of different vitamins and um, antioxidants and all the things that are healthy for people too. And they can eat it. It's healthy for them. Um, wheatgrass, kale, shard, mm-hmm. the tops of carrots. Those mm-hmm. are great kind of treats and nutritional supplements as well. What about, um, what are human foods that you should never feed a rodent? Okay, well, so... Guinea pigs and chinchillas being the the herbivores, they should not eat a ton of fruit. They shouldn't be eating a lot of sugary things because it's not good for their gut. Uh, It can cause them to have issues with with digestion, and we don't want them to have an an imbalance in the flora. And it can happen pretty easily if you overdo the sugar with them. Even things like carrots are really high in sugar, so you have to be careful with that. Mice and hamsters and gerbils, they're actually, and rats as well, they're omnivorous. Mm -hmm. So they can eat things like mm-hmm. if you want to give them a bit of cheese or right. a little bit of bread or you know a little fruit it's actually good for them and they can eat just about anything that humans can eat wow so they're a lot more versatile with what they can have for treats okay um, whereas you wouldn't want to give a, a cracker to a bunny on a regular basis they're okay. gonna love it if you do <laughs> <laughs> but you don't want to do that regularly that could be disastrous yeah. very much so <laughs> um, what brands of foods do you like well, at our practice, we um, sell Oxbow brand products. Mm-hmm. It is a uh, their company in the Midwest. They're a great 
um, company that sell lines of organic products um, as well as non-organic products. Uh, I like them because they they do everything really well with their their um, hays. They sell really good high quality hay. Mm. Their timothy, their oat, their brome, their orchard grass, even their alfalfa is, you know, there's a big difference when you get their hay and um, you smell it and you touch it and you yeah. see it. It's green. Yeah. It smells delicious. It's like a farm versus sometimes you go to a pet store and it's kind of brown. And it dusty. looks like straw. It's yeah. dusty. Um, but there are also a lot of uh, local farms that you can buy hay from mm. and sometimes those are even better. Like if you have have a car or access to one and can yeah. pick it up or you can find some online that they'll send you smaller amounts and unfortunately a lot of them only will sell large amounts that's yeah. why it's hard but if you can find ones that are local and will sell you grass hay it's amazing it doesn't just have to be timothy hay it could be you know uh, bluegrass like i said orchard mm-hmm. um, all different kinds of botanical gra- you know grass haze you want to stay away from the leguminous haze like or like um alfalfa mm-hmm. um but but everything else is really fair game. So is it good to mix their hay up once in a while and buy different types and that kind of thing? Or? Yeah, I think it is good. I think, you know, one of the things that, um, that Oxbow has done recently is they designed a pellet diet, you know, the pellet yeah, portion of, yeah. of their food for um, rabbits and rodents that is not just made of Timothy. Timothy-based pellet is the best one. It's always kind of been the one we say is the best, but now they actually make one that is made of other grass hays as well. Oh, nice. Yeah, so it gives a little more diversity to the nutritional content, which which is good. That sounds great. Yeah. That's nice to hear because, mm-hmm. I mean, I had a guinea pig who I loved. She was my favorite pet. Aww. I hate to admit. Oh, my God. I loved Stella. Stella was the best. And I was insane with Stella. I was commuting from New York to Baltimore at the time. And you can't bring guinea pigs or animals on Amtrak. Yep. Well, you can if you, you put them in a hat bag. So ah, I was like the crazy you were lady. Creative. Oh my god, I'm feeding the hat bag <laughs> lettuce. You know, <laughs> so nobody like, knew. Nobody knew. It was very sneaky. It was very good. <laughs> I'm sure, you weren't the only one. <laughs> it was just. I mean, you know, That's people so would see it and just be like, "What are you doing?" Mm-hmm. It's like, well, you know, she likes her stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're feeding a guinea pig, or I don't know if this goes for all rodents, but do they need to have food accessible 24 seven? They should. They okay. should pretty much always be eating and always be pooping, Okay. Um, especially the herbivores. Uh, it's really important. In fact, one of the most obvious signs that something's wrong mm-hmm. and, and what can actually be a life-threatening emergency is if they stop eating and stop pooping. It's okay. What I tell people a lot when they're you know, their first-time pet owners is uh, if you have a guinea pig or a chinchilla and it stops eating or stops pooping, yep. you need to call us right away. Something's very wrong. Okay. The rats and uh, hamsters and things, they should have food available all the time as well, Okay. but... Uh, um, they're, you know, like I said, they're omnivores, so their digestion's a little different, not quite as delicate. Mm-hmm. And then with rodents, too, I mean, they need stimulation and interaction. Oh, yeah. Like, what, what are good games you can play with your rodents? I mean, this is why I think they can make good for good pets with children is they um, they like to be handled. They like to go through mazes. They like to run. They like to, you know, to do all kinds of activities that kind of kids like to do, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, some of them do enjoy just being petted. Mm-hmm. I've seen people walking around the village with mice in the rim of their hats oh, yeah, or rats yeah. on their shoulders <laughs> as pets, and they love, you know, being touched and handled in social interactions. You know, rats are incredibly social they're animals. They're really smart, too. Yeah, they're, they're scary smart. They're scary smart. They are fun, and people, we, we see so many as pets in the city, you'd be, you'd be shocked. It's amazing. I mean, mm-hmm. that's something that goes back to the first episode when Denise Herman was here. You know, if you... 
want a smart pet. A smart pet's a great thing, but you've got to remember the fact that if your pet's smart, you've got to work harder to keep it stimulated. Yeah, yeah. So if you don't want to work really hard with your rat, you probably don't want to get a rat. You want to go something a little less People think like, oh, there's a wheel in the cage and some chew blocks. Okay, that might entertain a hamster because they are nocturnal and they like to run on the wheel at night, which can actually be really annoying to their owners. Yeah, it's the worst. (laughs) But, you know, they really, especially rats, really do want a lot more interaction and they need more interaction than that. Otherwise, you're just going to have a big, fat, bored rat in your cage and that's not really fun for anybody the whole point of having a pet is to interact with them and and play games with them and do things and they're trainable you can you can do target training with them um, and have them I've seen people doing tricks with their rats where they are climbing onto blocks and you know putting they can pick things up with their little paws and they can dunk baskets and like play basketball and it's really cute that's cool Mm -hmm. so are all the rodents that we're talking about today are they all nocturnal no, not all of them. Um, and a lot of the ones that even are kind of nocturnal in the wild, you can, uh, not I would I hate saying force them, but right. because of our life cycle um, being diurnal, they can um, be switched over mm-hmm. pretty comfortably. I think hamsters are probably the worst at that. They okay. really want to be nocturnal. And they, it's one of the things that can be hard for families with them is that they are grumpy when you wake them up. And that's when they tend to <laughs> bite. So the child will come after school totally. and be like, I want to play with Fluffy. And they get a big chomp on the finger yep. because they woke the ham- sleeping hamster up. Yeah. But at midnight, the hamster wants to play and they're on the wheel. And, and the kids are asleep. And yeah, yeah. Yeah. But the guinea pigs and um, you know the rats, they are pretty much willing to play and hang out whenever you are, which is during the day. I want to go back to the vet thing because mm-hmm. I'm blown away that you guys spay and neuter mm-hmm. little tiny rodents. That's amazing to me. I was writing the question down and I was like, who am I kidding? Like, this is like microsurgery. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is. But really, it's the same exact thing as you would do in a big dog. It's just small. smaller. Yeah. So do you, with, I know when you spay and neuter dogs and cats, you can prevent a, a bunch of different cancers and diseases. Yeah. Same thing? It's totally the same thing. In fact, you know, with hamsters, um, and rats, they are one of the biggest reasons they die prematurely is because they have reproductive-related diseases. Yeah, yeah. We spayed two guinea pigs today with reproductive disease, and mm. because the owners let us do this, we saved their life. They're going to live several more years happily. That's and great. you know, a lot of people are a little hesitant to preventatively spay a mouse, and yeah. I understand that. Yeah, which is one of the reasons we at our practice actually offer a once-monthly low-cost spay-neuter clinic. Oh, that's so cool! Yeah, so you can come in once a month you drop your pet off in the morning you pick it up at night and it's only a hundred and we just had to raise the price I think it's up to 105 now which is super super cheap yeah and it's done and then you don't have to worry about the tumors and the mammary tumors and the things they get later in life so it's a good thing and so let's say somebody and that's primarily for the females by the way okay they're the ones that I'm talking about the males don't tend to have the same problems as the females uh, as far as getting diseases yeah it's the same way with dogs and cats I mean you there is I mean, in my own non-professional opinion, I think I've seen a slight increase in like testicular cancer, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. We see it. It's it's pretty rare. We see it in rabbits, I'd say, more than any rodents. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not that big of a thing with rodents. With rodents, we usually are neutering them because they're the males because they can be aggressive. Yeah, yeah. And it does help. So let's say Johnny gets a rodent and he, he gets the rodent and so come to the vet for a checkup. It's always great to bring your pet to the vet 
post-purchase. We see things in them that you're not going to see. A lot of these guys come with parasites, whether it be lice or mites or, or, you know, mites, all kinds of things. We can make sure that they're in good health. And Mm -hmm. again, the most important thing we do when we see a rabbit or a rodent post-purchase is teach you how to care for them the best way possible. We'll go over how to set the cage up properly. What are the proper ways to handle the the pet? What are the best foods to feed it? Um, Signs of illness, what to look for. And and it's really invaluable. So, you know, it's not going to cost anywhere near as much as going to the vet for a dog or cat where you've got to do heartworm and flea prevention and, and, you know, vaccines. We don't do that. Are there vaccines? No, we don't. We don't do any of that for them. It's just teaching you how to care for them. And of course, just letting us get acquainted with you so that if you do need us because it's sick, we know you, you're a client, you're established. And I mean, that's worth it to get that kind of information in a vet visit, especially for, you know, a rodent, which is everyone thinks they can take care of rodents. Everyone thinks they're little, so they're easy, you know, so you get that information. Every animal deserves the benefit of the best care possible. You're purchasing them for your enjoyment. You should take care of them. Why not learn how to do it the best way possible? Exactly. Um, let's see what else. We are running out of time, which I hate to say. Uh, let's see. We got a minute. Got any good stories? <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't us saving the lives of two guinea pigs today I think the that's best? amazing. I do think that's amazing. And I'm really, honestly, with coming from a regular clinic, dog, cat, you know, occasional rabbit, rare bird, to hear, people would once in a while ask us, you know, could you spay these things? Yeah. And it was like, well, we can't. Yeah, a yeah. lot of people don't. So it's something that it's, it's one of the things we get asked a lot. But we don't just do spay and neuters. You know, we can take off tumors. We can That's do great. preventative medicine. These animals get a lot of the same diseases that dogs and cats or people get. They, mm-hmm. You know, yes, they can get kidney problems. Yes, we can diagnose it and treat it. They can get thyroid problems. They can get all infections and pneumonia. And Amazing. we can do x-rays and we actually can help them. People don't realize or even think I'm going to bring yeah. my hamster to the vet. Yeah. I think that more than anything, they're worried about cost, mm-hmm. which is understandable. But totally. we do try to work with people and we do have, you know, we do not charge the same for a hamster surgery as we would for a larger animal, not because it's easier, because yes, it's, it's not, a lot of work. but because we want to be able to do it. We want to be able to help them. So we try to, we try to work with people. I love it. Well, you've been listening to Animal Instinct. Lorelai Tibbetts is the amazing, amazing expert on birds and all <laughs> kinds of reptiles and all kinds of rodents. And we've gotten her to talk about birds and rodents. If you have any questions, you can reach me at my website at foodhealer.com. Lorelai, where can people find you? I'm at the Center for Avian and Exotic Medicine. We're at 562 Columbus Ave on the Upper West Side of Manhattan. We have an active Facebook page, an active website, easy to find on Google. Great, and thank you so much for coming. Next week we're going to talk about reptiles. Miss Lorelai will not be here, but we'll have someone else. So thanks for tuning in and take care. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.